friends and family and enjoy this season. It is a long build-up to Christmas, and it would be a shame just to pack it all in of a span of 12 hours. So I do pray that we continue to worship in glory in our Lord. Our passage this morning is Luke 2, 22 through, I believe it is 38. So let us go uh, to this, to the word of the Lord. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. To offer a sacrifice to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there is a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child and the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there is a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe Asher, And she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, this is your word, and I pray that the Spirit may bless us this morning, bless this time in our hearts, and may our love for you grow, may our faith deepen, and may our patience in your grace be strong. 
Lord, if I preach anything false or untrue, I do pray that it fall upon deaf ears, for I ask that it is your glory that is presented this morning. Amen. I remember waiting for Christmas as a kid. As a child, I was always very excited. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of anticipation. Uh, I had a lot of energy, and then I had to, supposed to keep it pent up because Santa Claus was watching, uh, and so you had to behave, but you also really wanted to have Christmas. I was always eager. I was always excited. There's one year that I was incredibly excited because when I woke up, my brother told me he heard... Uh, hooves on the roof that night. And I was super excited. And I do believe that was the same year I got the Hot Shot basketball toy, which you may not remember, but it was a moving goal that went back and forth and you just flipped with these little, you had these little flickers with little basketballs. And it was very exciting. I was really stoked to get this toy. But that's a fun aspect of waiting. You know something's coming. You know, you know that Christmas is going to get there. You knew that Santa Claus was going to come, and it's fun. But waiting in itself and having that patience is not always fun. In fact, it can be very difficult. You can't speed up time. It's like when you're sitting in line at the gas station. You have to wait, and there's nothing you can do. We're looking at patience this morning, and uh, the patience is difficult because a lot of things are out of our control, and we do, we do love being in control. We like to be able to make things happen, to force the situation to work out, to change it for the better. We have a tendency to act, but when we can't change things, When we have no agency, no ability to affect the outcome, that becomes rough. This morning we're going to look at two people, people, Simeon and Anna. Both of them are faithfully waiting. Both of them are wonderfully blessed. And we're going to look at these two people. They're not really people of note. They, they don't shake mountains. They do not start these movements. They don't produce miracles or these mass conversions. They're two ordinary people. And they're toward the end of their lives, and yet they show extraordinary faith in their patience for the Lord. And so that's our point this morning. We should have patience in our faith in the Lord. So let's set the scene real quick. We have Mary, Joseph, and Jesus going to the temple. They're going to consecrate Jesus to the Lord. In other words, what they're saying is we are going to dedicate this child to God. It was the requirement of the firstborn male to go to the temple Uh, and dedicate him to the Lord, consecrate him to the Lord. This is what Moses commanded Israel to do over a thousand years prior. This is the law of the land. And so Joseph and Mary are bringing Jesus to the temple. The other reason is for purification rituals for the parents. 
Basically, after having a child, they had to wait for a few days, and then they needed to make a sacrifice. And if you were poor, your sacrifice could be either two doves or pigeons. And here we see Joseph and Mary making a sacrifice of two doves or two pigeons. Now, I know in setting the scene, this gets a little technical. We've talked about Moses. We're, we're looking at the law of God, but it does show that even at eight days old, Jesus was fulfilling the law of God perfectly. His law, he, he, he walks in the law perfectly. So when he dies on the cross, when he sacrificed himself for our sins, that sacrifice is worthy. What I'm trying to get at is that Christ was serving and loving his people before he could walk. And yes, I know this is more passive. He doesn't have agency. He's, he's a baby. He's, not march, he's eight days old. He's not marching himself to the temple. Yet here the Spirit is moving the family and providing so that Christ may fulfill the law. It's obedience. And in this obedience, Jesus is already serving his people. He is serving a people that are waiting for a Savior. And then we meet the first of our two new characters in this Christmas story. The first guy is Simeon. Now, we don't know much about Simeon. We know he's righteous and devout. Other than that, there's not much to denote importance. Luke's a historian. If Simeon was a big guy, if he was an important man, Luke would have made note of it. He would have told us if he was some significant person among the clergy, as some theologians have theorized, but Luke doesn't tell us that. We know three things about him. He is righteous, he is devout, and he is waiting. He's waiting for the consolation of Israel. He is waiting for Israel to be strong again. He is waiting for the Lord to comfort a nation. He is waiting for the Lord to vindicate, to bring justice, to, to free a nation. Israel has not been independent for nearly 600 years. They were only allowed to worship. They were, only allowed to, they were only even allowed to build the temple by the permission of other nations. It would be like a once great sports team. A team that once achieved the highest accolades uh, that had fallen on desperate times and could not get back. They're just waiting for the right coach to bring them back to glory. Israel is waiting for a Messiah. They are waiting for a Christ. And Simeon is waiting for Israel to be a glory to God again. And Simeon has one advantage. Because patience is hard. Waiting is hard. But Simeon has one advantage. The Holy Spirit was upon him. He was informed by the Spirit that he would see the Christ. He, he gets told that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He would not see death until he had seen the Messiah. 
That's a tremendous promise. This isn't Simeon just speaking something into existence. It's not Simeon trying to make things happen. He's not trying to will it into being. He has the promises of God. That is his encouragement. That is how he is waiting. Often we, we become impatient with the Lord. We have his word. We have his promise. We have the scripture. We know that he guarantees salvation for all that believe in him. How often is that not enough for us? As if we'll somehow... We must take control. But the good news for us is that our Father's faithfulness to his people is far greater than our faithfulness to him. And so we may grow weary, we may grow impatient, uh, we can grow tired. Yet the Lord will continue to work things out for our good, our eternal joy. And because we have those promises, because we have God's word, there is cause to rejoice and there is cause to be patient, to be still and know that the Lord is God. Simeon bursts into song because he sees the promise fulfilled. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Lord, now. He bursts into song because a prayer has been answered. He bursts into song because a promise has been fulfilled. This is a man who has been waiting all of his life, and he says, now I can depart in peace. He knows his time is not long for this world. But he also receives a tremendous blessing in knowing that the Savior is here. His his long wait is over. No longer does he have to wait to see the Christ. No longer does he have to wait to see the Savior. He has that tremendous blessing because he says, my eyes have seen your salvation. He is a man who has waited patiently in his faith. Whereas the father of nation, the nation of Israel, Abraham, had no patience in God's promise. When God told him, you will be the father of many nations, Abraham looked elsewhere to make that promise happen. Here we see Simeon just waiting. And that promise is fulfilled. Not only is that promise fulfilled, it's far greater than anything the Israelites are looking for. It's, It's greater than just the consolation of the nation of Israel. Simeon sings, Jesus will be a light to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Simeon was waiting for Israel to be blessed. He was waiting to see the Christ and his patient pays off in a much greater way. 
He immediately sees in this baby that the light of Israel will be a light to the entire world, to the light to the Gentiles. This past Sunday, we had a joint worship service, and it was beautiful. We got to hear the choirs from Holy Comforter and Jehovah Missionary Baptist sing here. They got to hear our worship team uh, and get to sing with us. The new rector at Holy Comforter, he, he brought us the Lord's word and pointed us to Christ. We had three different churches coming together, three different traditions, three different heritages, united by Christ. Because Christ came to save the world. Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He receives the consolation of the entire earth. It's hard to wait. I know it is difficult. The Lord, but we have... We have the word of God. It tells us of his love for us. It tells us of his salvation. It tells us of eternal life. It provides hope for us in waiting. It provides comfort for us in our waiting. This past Sunday, we, we had a blessing and worshiping with different people, different churches, all God's children, all brothers and sisters in Christ, and it was a mere taste of heaven to come. But that blessing will be far greater. And like Simeon, who was waiting and received a blessing far beyond what he was waiting for, as we patiently wait for Christ's return, as we patiently wait for eternal life, that blessing will be far greater than what we imagine. So we should have patience in our faith. We should place our trust in the Lord. It's okay to wait. Christ pours into his people. The Spirit comforts his people. He comforts us. But Simeon's not the only character waiting this morning. No, we have the prophetess Anna, uh, daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. And like Simeon, Anna's far more important person. She is a named prophetess. There's only a few named prophetess in Scripture, so she's in pretty elite company. She's up there with Miriam, Deborah, and Huldah. She's also from the tribe of Asher. Now, Israel, if you're unfamiliar, Israel was broken up into 12 tribes. One of them was Asher, and Asher, by this point, had mostly dispersed. They were a people group that were dying out, and yet here we see Anna, and she remains. And she's staying in the temple day and night. She was married for seven years, but now she is a widower, day and night, fasting and praying at the temple. This is a prophetess who is living out her life in faith. 
She's waiting on God. She's waiting for the same things that Simeon's waiting for. And her life is disciplined. It is centered on the Lord, and it's centered in such a way in patience that, frankly, kind of makes me jealous. Every day, night and day, at the temple, fasting and praying. A life of patience and faith. Like I said, it kind of makes me jealous. I like to get to the end. I, when I was a kid... Uh, I always wanted to take the shortcut. And it was funny, I got to, I got to see my brother who lives in Charlotte uh, Thursday. We, we went to go have Christmas with them. And one of the roads that I got to take was called Short, wait, Secret Shortcut Road. I don't know how much of a secret it is because that is the name of the road. But it did remind me of my childhood. Because whenever we took a long journey... I would ask either mom or dad, whoever was driving, every time they made us turn, I would ask, is this a shortcut? Now, if dad was driving, he would say, yes. No matter the turn, yes, it is a shortcut. My mom was trying to be much more diplomatic. And I would ask, is it a shortcut? She says, honey, I am trying to get there as fast as I can. But every now and again, she would reply, well, we're going on an adventure. In which case, I knew she missed a turn. <laughs> and I don't mean to pick on my mom too much, because I actually do this now. and I have discovered that the youth do not like to go on adventures. But I digress. I, I wanted trips to be shorter because I wanted to be at the celebration. Whether it was Christmas or Thanksgiving or just to be with my grandparents, I, I wanted to get there as quick as possible. Anna is a prophetess, but she is not pursuing a quicker outcome. She is she's not beating the drum and she's not stirring the people. She is fasting and praying. She's waiting on the Lord. And in doing so, in spending night and day at the temple, she actually hears Simeon's song. Our, our faith doesn't happen in the closet. She hears this blessing coming from Simeon. She hears the song and she rejoices and gives thanks. And she begins to tell everyone. Jesus has not done anything yet. He hasn't performed any miracles. He hasn't turned water into wine. He hasn't healed the blind. But yet, at the end of the passage, it tells us, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. The ministry of Christ is 30 years away. Yet Anna is telling everybody who is waiting for a Savior, the Savior has come. He is coming. He is, he is here. I have heard in the temple. She's, she's excited that he, she has arrived. Of course she's excited. This is 
This is the consolation of Israel. This is the Savior of the world. This is whom she's been praying to and fasting to all of this time. And whereas Simeon had the Holy Spirit, she does not. She just waits patiently in her faith. We have two characters this morning, Simeon and Anna. They're, they're filled with patience. Israel at times, the nation Israel, ancient Israel, tried to force the Messiah to come. Uh, one commenter noted some would just sort of gave up, and they would align themselves with Rome. Like, well, Rome is the strongest. I will go with them. Others would rebel. And saying, we will be a great nation again, we will throw off Rome, and that did not end well. Still some pursued utopian dreams as if they could make earth the eternal life in heaven, and others went the opposite direction, just going into seclusion and resign themselves to a God that would not come. Yet Simeon and Anna, this morning, they see they're modeling what it's like to hunger for the kingdom of God. We, we are blessed. We, we know the story of Jesus. We know the great love that he has for his people. And if you're unfamiliar, please come find me or one of our elders. We'd love to talk to you. And if you want to dive into scriptures, please start with the gospel. Luke is an amazing historian. Uh, John is a great introduction. It's usually where I tell people to begin. If you want to see his service to people, read Mark. If you want to see his kingship, look at Matthew. We have that blessing. We have the four Gospels. We have the story of Jesus. We know that he came. And we know that he will return. And as we look to Scripture, we provides comfort as we wait. Because we don't want to take part in spiritual counterfeit. We don't want to try to make things happen. And it's amazing. Many denominations, especially in the United States, kind of start out of a prediction that Jesus will return by a certain date. And so far, they've all been wrong. Usually we ask the question, when people get excited, it's sort of a test for idolatry. Are you going to be okay if Jesus came back before some big important event? Would you be okay if Christ came back before you had your marriage? Would you be okay if Jesus came back before your child's birth? Okay if he came back before the vacation that you've been planning for years, if he came back before you got to go? And it's true, we need to be okay with that. But there is also the scenario where we need to be okay and diligent in our faith in case Christ doesn't come back for thousands of years. Now, I am a youth pastor, and raising and training the next generation is a major passion in my life, but we want to be patient in this. We want to be diligent. We want to be like Anna, fasting and praying. We want to be like Simeon, bursting into joy when we see Christ fulfilling his promises. And 
when we know that the Lord is going to come. But God will move when the time is right, not when we necessarily desire him to. Christ is the one who has brought us together. Christ is the one who has made us family, brothers and sisters. He is the one who has given us the light and hope of salvation. He is the one who will fulfill every promise he has made to his people. So let us be faithful. Let us have patience in the Lord. Our salvation has come. We celebrated that. We continue to celebrate that. And we will continue to preach that year round for as long as Westminster stands. Our eternal life is guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. And while life can be frustrating, life can be difficult, it can be hard, let's trust in the Lord for He is working all things for our eternal good. And He is faithful to His people. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess that I often struggle with patience. Struggle in waiting Lord, but I ask that the Spirit may give us comfort and strength. Let our desires be yours. Let our hopes rest on you. Father, I ask that you strengthen our faith and strengthen our patience. And we do pray, Father, that Jesus may return quickly. But I also pray, Lord, whether he returns quickly or Years from now, I ask that we may be ready and waiting. In Jesus' name, amen.